0: This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's Jodwell Bank Centre for Astrophysics. For the full show and archives, visit Jodcast.net. Our first news story this month comes from our own solar system, but began outside it. A passing asteroid named Oumuamua, which loosely translates from Hawaiian as a messenger from afar arriving first, has been confirmed as the first catalogued interstellar asteroid receiving the new designation of 1I-2017U1, with the I standing for Interstellar. This asteroid was first detected on October 19th by the University of Hawaii's Pan-STARRS-1 telescope as it scanned the sky to search for near-Earth objects for NASA. The agency is keen to find and track such objects, also known as NEOs, with a particular eye to identify any that make close approaches, or could potentially be hazardous to us down here on Earth. Dynamical calculations initially suggested that it might be a so-called interstellar interloper, and a combination of both archival and follow-up observations from an array of telescopes, including the VLT in Chile, have confirmed that the object is indeed interstellar in origin. The recovered light curves indicate the object is up to 200 metres long and spins once every 7.3 hours. Also notable is the asteroid's high aspect ratio. It is up to ten times longer than it is wide, giving it a pencil or cigar-like shape. Objects of this nature are not observed in our own asteroid belt. Despite making a close approach to our sun, Oumuamua has no trail of ice or dust associated with it, ruling out the possibility of it being a comet. The confirmation paper has since been published in Nature, and efforts are now ongoing to try and identify where this visiting asteroid might have come from. However, such efforts are complicated by the fact that we don't know how long the asteroid has been travelling for before it reached us, making an exact determination difficult. After following a steep trajectory towards the inner solar system, Oumuamua is now on the outbound leg of its orbit, travelling at 38 kilometres per second relative to the sun. This speed is too fast for any current craft to catch up and land on it, as was done with Comet 67P, but observations are now ongoing as it heads on towards the constellation Pegasus, on the next leg of its journey. Moving further afield, the High Accuracy Radial Velocity Planet Searcher, or HARPS, team at the La Silla Observatory, also in Chile, has found that a nearby red dwarf star, designated Ross 128, is orbited by a low-mass exoplanet with an orbital period of 9.9 days. This Earth-sized world is expected to be temperate, with a surface temperature that may also be close to that of us here on Earth. At 11 light-years distance, Ross 128 is the quietest nearby star to host such a temperate exoplanet. Our closest stellar neighbour, Proxima Centauri, is also known to host a planet, leading to intense media speculation about whether it could potentially be habitable. However, many red dwarf stars, including Proxima Centauri, are active objects, producing flares that occasionally bathe their orbiting planets in intense ultraviolet and x-ray radiation, potentially stripping the atmospheres from any orbiting companions and rendering them uninhabitable. However, it seems that Ross 128 is a much quieter star, and so its planets may be the closest known, comfortable abode for possible life. With the data from HARPS the team found that Ross 128 b orbits at a distance of 0.05 AU, 20 times closer than the Earth orbits the Sun. Despite this proximity, Ross 128 b receives only 1.38 times more irradiation than the Earth, thanks to its much smaller parent star. As a result, Ross 128 bs equilibrium temperature is estimated to lie somewhere between minus 60 and plus 20 degrees C again thanks to the cool and faint nature of its small red dwarf host star, which has just over half the surface temperature of our Sun. While the scientists involved in this discovery consider Ross 128b to be a temperate planet, uncertainty remains as to whether the planet lies inside, outside, or on the cusp of the habitable zone, the region where liquid water can exist on a planet's surface. Astronomers are now detecting more and more temperate, Earth-sized exoplanets, and the next stage will be to follow up these discoveries, studying their atmospheres, composition and chemistry in more detail. In particular, the detection of biosignature gases, such as molecular oxygen and ozone, in the closest exoplanet atmospheres will be a significant next step, as spectroscopy is typically confined currently to larger hot Jupiter and super-Neptune type planets. To access super-Earths and potential Earth analogues, the new generation of telescopes and spectrographs will be needed, such as the Espresso Spectrograph Suite at the VLT, due to start operations next year, the ESO's Extremely Large Telescope, currently under construction, and the James Webb Space Telescope, currently undergoing testing and final construction in the United States. And finally, returning to Earth the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico looks set to get a new lease of life, as the US National Science Foundation has announced that it will seek funding partners to keep the radio telescope in operation and aimed at the cosmos. We first reported on this story here at the Jobcast in February, when the NSF first announced that it was in need of financial partners to keep the radio telescope running. Faced with a dwindling budget for the telescope, the NSF has been seeking to transfer control of the Arecibo Observatory to a university or third-party institution. The divestment options also included demolition of the observatory, naturally drawing the ire of scientists who used the facility, built into a natural depression near the town of Arecibo, Puerto Rico. It made the news again in October, when the territory was struck by the Category 5 Hurricane Maria. Some of the telescope's dishes and surface tiles were damaged in the storm, but all staff were unharmed, and limited scientific operations have since resumed. If new partners or operators can be found, they will be able to take on the task of restoring full functionality and keeping Arecibo's eye on the sky. That was the news for the JODcast, December 2017. And now, this.